I read from 1 Samuel 17, verses 32 through 49. And I'm relying upon your memory to remember other parts of the uh, David and Goliath story that I will not be reading. David said to Saul, let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the, this Philistine. Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a boy, and he has been a warrior since he was a youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and whenever ever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, he went after it and struck it down, rescuing the lamb from its mouth. And if it is turned against him, I would catch it by the jaw, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defiled the, defied the armies of the living God. David said, The Lord, you have saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, will save me, from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go and may the Lord be with you. Saul clothed David with his armor, but he put on a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor, and he tried to, in vain to walk for he was not used to them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I am not used to them. So David removed them. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in his shepherd's bag in the pouch. His sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came on and drew near David and with his shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts and God of the armies of Israel, 
whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the God does not save by sword and spear, for the battle in the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put in his hand put his hand in the bag, took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on the forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead and fell face down on the ground. If you're heading for your favorite restaurant after church this morning, you might want to consider the risk you are taking. According to a 2014 study, Eating out doubles your risk of contracting food poisoning compared to cooking and eating at home. One out of six of us will get a foodborne illness this year. It happens so frequently that it's not uncommon. To hear about a restaurant shutdown or food recall because people have gotten sick if you watch TV this week, you've heard about a restaurant shutdown. I think before people got sick. Rather than asking if you want fries, maybe the server would ask, would you like some Pepto with this? One of the most high profile cases of restaurant sickness involved the popular chain Chipotle Mexican Grill. In late 2015, 55 customers across 11 states contracted E. coli after eating at one of the chain stores. That was followed by another report of an outbreak of norovirus that sickened 80 customers at just one store in Boston. Chipotle Chipotle, uh, reputation and stock prices took a major hit as a result. But instead of making excuses, the company got to work analyzing its food handling processes and safety practices. They hired a food safety guru to implement a new system for suppliers and employees to look for what the industry calls a definitive kill step to destroy the harmful bacteria before it hits your cardboard plate or foil-wrapped burrito. Doctors Jim Marsden and Dale Dexter got to work identifying the problem that led to the company's bacterial debacle and began instituting new procedures. 
the steps included vacuum sealing and a steam bath for beef before shipping to stores, using high pressure processing for its sausage, and giving their vegetables a five second boiling water bath before cooking them. I think my mother called that blanching. Stores were also equipped with air purifier systems to cut down on airborne bacteria. And they replaced their countertop cleaning solution with one with more germ-killing power. But the most important step has to do with training employees themselves. In a fast food environment, some employees were coming to work when they were sick because they couldn't afford to lose a day's pay. The company has added sick leave for its employees and a more comprehensive training program for managers and employees. To identify signs of illness. The result of all of these new step, kill step processes has been a significant reduction in problems and a slow but steady bounce back of the company's reputation and profitability. The kill step is important in more than food preparation. If we think of it as a process of heading problems off at the pass, we could only, we could also apply the kill step to dealing with potentially hazardous problems and issues in the remainder of our lives. Our example for this kind of kill step mentality is David, who in this week's text shows us on the scene of a major outbreak of fear in his people because of a bacterial infection called the Philistines. The gigantic nine foot nine inch Philistine warrior named Goliath strode out into the valley of Elah between his army and the army of the Israelites. And he made the army of King Saul sick at their stomachs by taunting them and challenging someone, anyone, to face him in single combat, one on one. Not even King Saul dared to go down and face this monster. It would take a different sort of person with a knack for identifying the right kill step to deal with this problem. Enter the young man David. He probably was still a teenager and not old enough to suit up for battle alongside his brothers who were older and his fellow countrymen. We know how the story goes. David went out to meet Goliath. He was armed with five smooth stones and a sling to deliver the kill step. But what we don't often consider is 
the process that David went through to eradicate this potential plague and to save his people from ruin. Just like those five stones, we suggest there are five steps we can take to deal with any sort of stomach-churning problem in our lives. Here are the five steps. Stone one, identify the problem. For the soldiers of Israel, Goliath was clearly the problem for which they had no answer. His daily taunts made them all the more afraid, and none of them were willing to put themselves on the line to deal with that threat. They identified Goliath as an isolated external problem, much like the managers of restaurant chains might tell themselves that any problems with its food are isolated to one or two stores or not a widespread epidemic. But David identified the problem as being not so much with the giant called Goliath, but rather the fear within the ranks of God's own people. No one stepped up to take on Goliath. The situation was so dire that the king offered to greatly enrich the man who would go down into the valley of Elah to face the warrior. The king even offered to make his family free in Israel, and a royal daughter was thrown in too. David, however, knew that the real issue was that no one around him seemed to recognize that they were part of the armies of the living God. The problem wasn't with the nasty-looking dude down in the valley, but with their faith and confidence in God. So often, when we look at a problem, we are apt to make a giant out of it and think of it all the ways that it can defeat us. The more we focus on that person or that issue, the bigger it seems to grow in our minds. The reality, however, is that the solution to the problem begins with identifying the source of the fear. Ultimately, the only thing we can ever control is ourselves and our reaction to a particular problem. In any given situation, we need to ask, what is pushing my buttons or causing my fear? Once we identify what's going on that makes us tremble, we can then deal with the problem. David looked at Goliath and saw not a problem, but an opportunity, according to verse 26, to enhance his own reputation and more importantly, the reputation of God. We can be confident too, knowing we have God on our side no matter what problem we face. Stone two, draw on experience. Supposedly, 
turned to someone with experience when dealing with a crisis of confidence. David was able to draw on his own experience with weapons as a shepherd and the power of God when considering the task ahead. David had killed lions and bears when they were after his sheep. He was familiar dealing with a stronger opponent, and he had experience with God who had saved him for the paws of the lions and the bears. Whatever problem you have been facing or are facing, you have some experience to draw on. Where have you faced this issue in the past? How were you delivered? How did God intervene to help? If this particular Goliath is outside your realm of experience, don't hesitate to bring in someone with the relevant experience to help. A counselor, a friend, an expert, Ask God to bring you a team of people to provide you with their experience. Focus on the experience you have rather than the qualifications you don't have. Stone three, sort out the superfluous. King Saul, who was supposed to be a mighty army, tried to give David the armor to help him go out and do what the king should have done himself. David tried it on, but he found it more of a hindrance than a help. I cannot walk with with these, for I am not used to them. He went with the basics instead, his trusty staff, his sling, and five smooth stones. In the face of any problem, it is tempting to spend time thinking of the what-ifs instead of sticking with the basics. David chose not to add more confusion to the problem, but went with what he knew and relied on his skills. The best strategy for us in the face of a challenge is sort out the superfluous information, stick to what we know we can do, and leave the remainder to God. Stone four, don't listen to negativity. Seeing a young teenager coming at him with a stick and a sling, the giant warrior Goliath engaged in some serious trash talk. David refused to give in to Goliath's appraisal of him. David had armor with that Goliath, that Goliath knew nothing about, the name of the Lord of hosts. When problems arise, it's easy for us to pay attention to the negative voices those voices within us and those voices without us. David worked on the problem rather than quivering in his sandals like the other Israelites had. He had spent much of his time 
listening to God while he was out there in the fields with the sheep. And it was no doubt the voice of God that steadied him here in the valley of Elah. If we are going to deal with our problem head on, we need to listen to the right voice. Stone five, trust God for the result. David's response is telling. Notice that David doesn't seem to believe that the result is up to him because he says, this very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand so that all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel and that this assembly may know that the Lord's, Lord does not save by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hand. People of God know that God can take any situation, even the most negative, and work it out for his glory. David presented what he had that day in the valley himself, his trusted weapons, but even more, his faith in God. The Goliaths in our lives present formidable challenges, but we don't have to face them alone. God is with us. While we should do our best to prepare to slay those giants, we un ultimately trust God for the result, knowing that whatever happens will be for his glory. David reminds us that there's a kill step process for killing off the giant problems we face in our lives. No Pepto required. Amen.